The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from anxiety about work? Your mind kept going at night, couldn't get to sleep, dreading that Monday morning when you just felt the cortisol, stress hormones coursing in your veins. If you ever had stress, anxiety, health problems because of your job, today is your day because we're going to discuss, does my job make me sick. Today's world is very common to hear people going on and on about how they hate their job, hate their boss, or hate being a boss in that job. In today's world, it's very common to see people, even if they're working at home, the job is no longer what they love. And it's literally making them sick. Today's show is going to change your life. It's going to teach you how to use mind, body, medical intuition to help you realize that an intuitive, sensitive, spiritual person can find peace, compassion, and vitality on the workplace. We're taking a we're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada. And remember, UnityOnlineRadio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can get the show on your favorite podcast provider as well as join this show live every Wednesday with a question, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. No, I've written a lot of shows over the years. I've done radio for probably now 14, 15 years. And I've done work on relationships and health, family and health. Work has a big influence on our health. Do you know the majority of time that you are awake during the day in your life is either at school or work? We spend our lives trying to be better people, trying to be spiritual people. 
or at least if you're listening to this show, Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa on Unity Online Radio or all the wonderful shows on this network. Maybe you've spent time in personal growth, healthy living, doing affirmations, trying to be the best person, a good person. You might have spent years in school, <clears throat> years delving into spiritual principles, and then you set foot in the workplace, and wow, <laughs> it's just a big deal. You just, you realize that you have a divided existence. Spirituality is over here, and the real world is over there. I remember when I went to high school, then college, I loved learning. Then when I left, I graduated, I was all excited. I entered into the lab, my first job with wet hair, and boom, I realized all those books I read about Lao Tzu and spirituality and Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, all the endurance that I learned, it did not prepare me for the workplace. I realized that spirituality went out the window. I always wanted to be a good person, but it wasn't about being good anymore. You could try to be good, but somehow things always happened. I realized that people weren't about looking after each other. It was very competitive. People hide their supplies of, I don't know, pens or pipettes or supplies, and they would vie with each other to impress the boss, the person above them. And, and there was this whole other realm that was going on that I wasn't aware of, and it was politics. And for a long time, I just thought I could ignore that stuff. Just ignore it, put it out of my mind. Everybody else seemed to be talking about it, and I just avoided it. I wouldn't sit with them when they gossiped. I just focused on the content and doing better at my job. And then I realized that was a real problem, that half of work wasn't work. It happened to be the people. You couldn't just go to work and do your job. I thought it was just about the job. It was about the people. And in school, or our friends, we could pick them, but we couldn't pick the people at work. And we had to relate to them. And I kind of just focused on my work and didn't relate. And that was a problem because it worked against you. I keep using the work, word work, 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 work. Was that Rihanna? Whoever sung that song, they were right. So sooner or later, I started feeling, well, I didn't mind. I'm socially aloof, anxious. I'd read my spiritual books, do my affirmations, and then I'd start getting sick. First, my immune system went, and then I learned that people were talking. If you stand on the sidelines and don't 
hang out with the other people because, you know, you don't have much in common. Then they either think you're better than them or they make up stories about you. And sooner or later, you may experience the same thing that you had either in your family or in high school, whatever, that you were that odd duck, that person on the sidelines, the person who didn't fit in. And the things you used to fit in your family, maybe you baked or cleaned or cooked, or maybe in high school you were the the funny person, the jokester or the jock that didn't help you in work. You had to kind of learn the social savvy of social politics. Though that's great, it still won't work because eventually your 20s turn into your 30s, turn into your 40s. Little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And as my life has gone on, I realize there's a whole nother other stuff that people think about at work. It's called climbing the ladder of success. I just thought if you got better at what you did, you'd be more successful. And there is not. There's that politics again. There's that stuff with family. Medical intuition, we call it the fifth chakra. has to do with feeling safe and secure in a field of people. Learning how to handle politics, non-spoken rules of engagement that get more complex. And then fifth center. If you don't know how to do that, you get problems with bones, joints, blood. And after years of having spinal problems, maybe you did too, or immune system problems, my blood got wonky. Maybe yours has too with chronic fatigue, Lyme, or other problems. Then as you climb the ladder, maybe you have trouble knowing how to have a say to people above you, alongside of you, and people who you have to direct because maybe you're their boss now. And then because of that, you don't know how to have a say. You have problems in the fifth center of the voice, thyroid, neck, laryngitis, bronchitis. And then it's ever-changing. What works on one level, just as you figure it out, then you have to progress to the the next one and the next one and the next one. I hate to bring it up, the guy's name. His name is Machiavelli. And Machiavelli is an Italian politician, a diplomat, if you can say so. I have a friend who became a lawyer in immigration. She's the sweetest lady. She's going to go right to heaven. She said to me, Mona Lisa, you don't have a diplomatic bone in your body. I call a spade a spade on blunt. Machiavelli was an Italian diplomat. He was in the 1500s. And he is a political policy that's considered unscrupulous, however you pronounce that. And his behavior was known to be deceptive. He knew how to handle complex situations, but he could be brutal. And we can learn a variety of what he used to say to understand that we, if we're spiritual, we look in extremes. We want to be anti-Machiavellian. It's been said that 180 degrees of abnormal is not normal. If you want to be uber spiritual, wonderfully good, wonderfully kind and empathic, it may work against you in the marketplace on the job. 
your pure naivete and sensitivity, you may find, does not work. In Judaism or Kabbalah, the good is Yetzahatov, which means good. And the animalistic nature is Yetzahara. That's the, oh, I don't know, the rough edge of us that runs over the animalistic nature. The dog-eat-dog. Competitor, like a bunch of cats fighting for a bowl of food. We would expect us to be better than that as humans, but we must see that all of us have some good, Yetzahatov, Tov is good, and Yetzahara, animal in us, because last time we checked, humans are animals. And we all need to learn spiritual paradox that we are part spirit, Tov, but part animal, nature, which helps us reproduce, have sexual nature, have desire for food, and so on. Animal urges. And some of which Machiavelli got, but he got too extreme. He has phrases like, being good to everyone is bad. And that's true. Philosophy shows us that if you're good all the time, not only are you ignoring your true nature inside, you're denying that part of you, what they call the dark side. And if you're constantly trying to be good, 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 you hide your emotional needs behind a brave and stoic face, actually increases that sense of self-sacrifice of give, 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 work, 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 actually increases your chance toward fourth center problems, breast cancer, heart, and so on, not to mention weight. And then we talk about third center for work, self-esteem, Machiavelli said, he who wishes to be obeyed must learn how to command. Well, the guy was a brute. And this is assertiveness. And if you say yes to everyone to learn how to be loved and be good, you are learning not to be assertive. And you will be a doormat. You'll end up doing everybody else's work to be loved at work. And you will be a doormat. And no one will respect you. And worse yet, if you get progressed, sent forward into a position of authority, no one that you have to direct, none of your employees will listen to you, and you'll get fired. So yes, it's important to learn how to be obeyed, but we learn the need to learn spiritual paradox, that yes, we can be commanding, but we can be loving, loving yet firm. And then they say, Machiavelli says, politics has no place for morals. Well, you know, that's really black and white. Black would be politics and morals would be white. Dialectical behavioral therapy teaches us that we can learn paradoxical emotions. We can be furious with someone we love. We can be terrified and courageous at the same time. So, yes, it is possible in this difficult time in the world to have a social savvy work with people in the marketplace, the workplace, or the government, work with people, love people, 
and respect people who we disagree have politics and morals. Yes, morals. We can be kind and command. We can work and be generous. Machiavelli said, better to be feared, not loved. You cannot be both. Ah, the spiritual principle. It's a learning paradox. It is said to the divine that we, with, this, with spirit, we fear and love. That fear is a form of love. It's called awe. I can be in awe of expansiveness of the universe. I can be, have fear and love the ocean and respect. So I think it's not just better. It's good, better, best. I think we can better Machiavelli. It's best that we fear and love each other or respect. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we can have a job and be well. If you want to know more about today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. If you can't get online today and get a free mini reading, you want to go to my website, Dr. Mona Lisa, www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com for a one or two hour comprehensive reading. We will go to Eliza Line 2. 43, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Uh, hi. Um, oh, it's Alyssa. Oh, I'm um, sorry, Alyssa. I'm sorry. No problem. Um, so my my issues with work um, aren't really interpersonal. It's more to do with the work itself. But um, the work um, is very draining. Sure. And, um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Okay. The work is draining. The first thing I see in you is you have a wonderful, lively group of people. And you have a great capacity to see the potential in people. Majority of your life, you get fed by relationships. Them taking care of you, you taking care of them. I see, however, what drains you is if you're in an environment with people who are not real and not authentic like you are. Not real like you are and not authentic like you are. If something is not the same as you, it's different. It's like you're a B, you know, the, the note B, and they're a B flat. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting for someone to be just a half a note off of you. And that lack of synchrony with you and your environment is exhausting. It's not necessarily the content. It's not matching, I, for lack of a better word, the vibration or the resonance of the people around you. What do you have in common with the people you work with? Um, well, my coworkers, um, I guess, I mean, we mostly have our job in common. 
Um, I know, but, but, but I, I work. Know. Oh, go ahead. Outside of your job, what do you have in common? Mm -hmm. Do you have the same personality? Do you have the same likes and dislikes? Is your outside um, life the same? No, I, I think a lot of the people, a lot of my coworkers, um, all have different lives and personalities. Than you. Than I do. Yeah. And so you don't have anything you can find in common? Not much. I look at your head. I see problems with focus, attention, sustained attention, distractibility. I see subtle premature changes in estrogen, progesterone. It feels like your thoughts get blocked. I can't figure out if you easily get distracted, if there's something different biochemically, immunologically, or what. I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid. I see problems with libido, estrogen, testosterone. I look at your heart. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. I wonder if you had some spiritual revelatory event in your life. I can't figure out if that was associated with an accident, some tragedy or trauma, something that makes you uniquely different, that you experience the world very differently. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I wonder if your stomach, liver, gallbladder have problems processing fats and oils. I see abdominal distension, bloating. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder. Something's different about your feet. I can't figure out if you have flat feet. Your alignment of your toes are different. Once again, I see abdominal distension and bloating. I see problems with cysts in your pelvis associated with your left and right pelvic area. I can't figure out if that's associated with your ovaries, uterus, or both. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. Your body feels like it holds on to water. I wonder if you love people who are contemplative and spiritual and have unusual interests. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, yeah, um, a lot of those were spot on. Um, I, I have autoimmune problems, um, thyroid, um, leaky gut. Um, I, I did develop something in my uterus called um, adenomyosis. Um, so that's a, that's a lot of, um, it's like a spongy widening of yeah. the uterus wall. Yeah, and, and it's been very bleeding. painful. Yeah. Do you still have um, it that, now? Yeah, that um, finally got diagnosed within the last year. Um, and it's been a little better, um, but it's still, um, some months are still pretty bad. Um, Do you have problems it, with focus and attention? Yeah, yeah. so I, I was also recently um, diagnosed by my doctor with ADD. But wait a minute, before um, we get been... to ADD, attention deficit can be 
caused by a lot of problems. Let me ask okay. you a question. Did you have an event in your life that was revelatory? That was like a mystical experience? Um, yeah, I think I've had a couple. Um, what was the most related to? Um, I was uh, I was in a relationship um, that ended very suddenly, um, and I was also in a really bad car accident at the same Tell me time. About, no, 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 blah, blah, blah. The car accident. Tell me about the car accident. Um, I, I was on the freeway and spun around and got hit, um, by several other cars. And that would do it. That was done at women's. You were on the highway yeah. and that's known, that's not known for being very small speeds. You got spun. Yeah, it was high by, speed. Okay. So high speed, spun yeah. around and hit by several cars. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? What happened? Um, so w weirdly, um, physically, I was somehow not hurt very bad, but emotionally, I haven't been the same since that, that was in 2010. Um, and, um, immediately after that was when my relationship ended that I thought was going to be a lifer and it wasn't. So, so it's like a dark, um, not, you have to go to a spiritual advisor. Because in many ways, your brain and body have been mystically. I'm writing a book called Mystical Molecules. There was something about that event okay. that was like, I don't know, you see, you know, you see the lights and you go down the tunnel kind of thing. Yeah. And you talk about, well, you know, the work is exhausting. Well, the reality is you kind of watch yourself almost die. Yeah, yeah. And so then life is never the same. So then when you go to work, it's like you're sitting around other people and it feels unreal. Whether it's the trauma of having been in a trauma and then PTSD where they say you have an unrealness feeling around you or right. that your brain has now been marinated dipped and then redripped i i call it fried and refried like bank uh, like beans i i've never understood why mm -hmm. we fry and then refry beans but our brain does <laughs> the same thing we get stressed or our brain gets fried and then we re-experience it again we refry our our brains and then we experience it over and over again so in many ways your part of you went to the other side when that happened and you're still walking okay. among mere mortals but you don't feel completely here. I, there's my music and we're gonna come back, okay? Stay with us okay. we talk about, does my job make me sick? You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. We're 
We're talking today about work. Does it make you sick? It doesn't have to. It can be part of your intuitive guidance system, letting you know that something in your life needs to change. We can learn how to have politics and morals. We can learn how to be ourselves, but be somehow find something in common with us, with a group, even if it's subtle. We can learn to have success and still change how we handle the times. We can have success in our 20s, then try something new and fail, fail a little bit and then fail, fail and succeed again only to take more risks. We can learn to be feared and loved if we happen to be the boss. We can learn to have assertiveness. Otherwise, our bodies will let us know through weight gain, through immune system problems, through hormonal problems, TMJ, pain disorders, all kinds of disorders, increased aging, arrhythmias, and so on, that we are not doing well with our work. Our work is making us sick. I'm sure everybody knows of the Monday morning heart attack. The number one time to get a heart attack is Monday morning before one goes to work. We'll go back to Eliza, line one. Alyssa, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I want you to get both a very supportive counselor, but also a spiritual advisor. Because I want you to imagine you're in a plane crash, but you survive. You're in the plane that's going down and down and down. And then they're able to, they say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, make a quick phone call to your loved ones and say, I love you. I love you. (laughs) Because this may be the last phone call you ever make. And they say, get prepared to meet your maker. And then all of a sudden, the plane applauds and you have, you're living. (laughs) When you thought you were going to die. Then Monday morning, you go back to work. <laughs> right. It feels a little odd because you faced your mortality. You faced the gates of the divine. And everybody else is, you know, back at work. Right. That's what you went through. And you're saying, you know, wait, uh, work is exhausting. I think so. Your whole life changed. Your relationship changed. Your work changed. Your schedule changes. You got to talk about this with a counselor, but a spiritual advisor. Because okay. both of those people can help you with the bookends of this event, which is that it truly transformed your sense of safety in the world, but it transformed your sense of your mortality and your sense of longevity in the world. Good luck, okay? Yeah, thank you. We'll go to. Sistona, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Are you there? Hi, I'm there. How can I be of help? Um, this is Michelle. Can you hear oh, me? Oh, for God's okay. sakes. Yes, how can I be of help? <laughs> yes, so um, thank you, Dr. Mona Lisa. I work as a nurse, and I developed a condition where I get migraines that make me dizzy. 
And so it's really hard for me to continue my job because of the liability issues of being a dizzy nurse. And what I'm concerned about is, is there is, if there is a well, first emotional... Of all, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Sure. Nursing is such a huge profession. Dizziness can be on your feet or going from reclining to upright position. But it doesn't prevent you from doing an awful lot of things with your brain. Years and years of education. But let me look at this. You are, Michelle, how old? 38. 38. When I look at you, I see something has happened in your life that this didn't just come out of all illnesses always in part due to diet, the environment, genetics. I see that your world has become unraveled. There's a home that you thought was safe. There was a relationship that you thought was settled and it became not. Someone you really counted on to be there for you has not. You realize that relationship has become more and more like a mirage. You're trying to have a relationship with someone and a third person is interfering. And this is somehow a repeated trend. This happened in a way that completely took you from left field. And with that, you've tried to talk to this person, banged your head against a brick wall. It affects your hormones. It affects your heart, your blood vessels, because it breaks your heart. It breaks your sense of what you think your relationship is. is. Who do you live with, Michelle? Um, I live with my partner, my son, and my mother. Your partner, interesting, your partner, your son, and your mother. And how long have you lived with your partner? Um, I've lived with him, and we're not married. I've lived with him, I believe it's been like six years. And how long have you lived with your mother? Um, around that same time. Fascinating, don't you think? Fourth center is mother, and second center is mate. You, they call it threes a crowd. <laughs> Let's keep the sun out of it for a second, okay? Okay. I saw that you were trying to have a relationship with someone and a third person interfered. So who is it? Mm. Um, Don't try to be nice. Um, Do you know that nurses, 98% of all nurses are first born of someone who has a severe addiction? That means they tend to be someone who covers up people's problems, people who are dependent. So someone near you is dependent and you try to cover up their problems. So you are codependent. 
So 98% of all nurses exhibit this kind of cover-up run interference or what they used to call co-dependent behavior. Capiche? Mm. Hmm. So how well is it going on the hacienda? So it seems I so that, I would call that on the unit. Oh, in our at work or at home? Oh, Are you at living home. Home. at home? I mean, it's fine because of the codependency issues. I mean, financially. No, 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 I, no. With my mother. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. You said it's fine because of the codependency issues, right? So how would it be if it wasn't codependent? You get that? So you just walk right yeah. into the right. trap. It's fine as long as you're codependent. <laughs> but if you don't bob and weave and make everything okay for everybody, who would not be getting along? Mm. You've already announced it, so everybody in the world knows. So you just make it easy so I can get to the other calls on the thing. So I guess it would be mother, it would be mother but... No, mother and who? Mother and you? Mother and, mother and me. Mother and me. It would be mother and me. Mother and you. Mm-hmm. It has to be three people. Hmm. See how you're doing that? You just did it. You're trying to have a relationship with someone, and a third person is interfering. Mother and you is ter- two. There has to be a third okay. person. I'm sorry? So it'd be mother and me and the partner. There you go. Just call it out when you know it. See how hard that was? It was like I had to use forceps. (laughs) Forceps. What kind of nurse are you? (laughs) I'm a med surge nurse. Med surge, nice. Okay, a protractor. So how's your mother and your partner complicate your living situation? How does it make it hard for your relationship to progress? Well, she I think she coddles us because financially she, I mean, well, I am not, we live in her house, so we don't have to pay as much okay, as we okay, would have to. Okay, this is that simple. We're going to make this easy. Okay. Your problem is a third center and second center. Third center has to do with work, self-esteem, responsibility, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to make this very quick and quick and blunt because you're nice, but I have to be direct here. This is not going to work out well for you, and you know it. You're not working, but if you had a partner, and a partner is someone that when you get tired, they can pick up the slack, right? Right. They can't. If your partner was really a partner and you weren't working, you could be out in the world living in an apartment or a home, okay? And they could support, he could support you or she could support you or whoever you were. You understand? But you're Mm -hmm. not. Your partner and you are living with your mommy. But he works also. No, no, no. I don't care if he's working. I don't care. It doesn't matter. If he has a good job, then why are you living with your mother? Because it's not because good enough. Because where we live is very expensive. Yeah, it's then, very expensive then move. where we live. Why, then you, why don't you move then? Because you're not working. Move somewhere but else. But I am working. It's just that I can't 
is complicated because the work that I do so is complicated. Any kind of job that I do that I can do with my disability is fifteen dollars, twenty dollars less than okay, what I listen, need in the hospital. Well, I gotta tell you right now, you're never going to get better because you can't be an adult. Right. You can never go backward. You're thirty-eight. You're trying to have a relationship and be independent, and you have a son. How old is your son? Three. Three. Yes. Your problems are also second chakra. It has to do with one-on-one -on -one relationships with a significant other. You're talking to someone who's had severe, profound, catastrophic health. I can't tell you about the vestibular thing. I could tell you some stories, but you don't want to hear it. Suffice it was one I fell down a flight of stairs and broke my thumb. That was about two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I understand. I understand it's scary. But you're not get, going to get any better living in a situation where you're in a relationship. Something has to give. You want something to change, but you don't want to change anything. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. You live in an expensive place, so move. Well, you don't understand. I can only make $15 an hour. I understand. So get a partner who can support you and live in a cheaper place. You can't grow up and live as adults if you're still living with your mother. Because in some ways, it's her house, her house, her rules. And though that doesn't sound wonderful, it's not going to make you feel any better. And you're going to get sicker. In many ways, it makes your partner not be a partner, not be an adult. And you have to ask yourself, by six years, why haven't you been, wait for it, married? Because you can't. Because you're still living with your mother. Do you get it? Mm. And I hate to say this, go to an acupuncturist Chinese medicine after you've gone to a neurologist, and I will tell you that it will show you that migraines, whether vestibular or otherwise, is liver meridian. You are frustrated. You might be frustrated about a lot of things. You don't sound angry, but I'd be one person I'd be very frustrated, and it would be with who? Myself. My, no. See, myself. It's, oh, you're your boyfriend. Hmm. Your boyfriend needs to stand up, pick you up, and move. Move. I'm telling but, you. Go ahead. See? Uh, but, sorry. Go ahead. I want to hear the No, button. it's actually, it's me because I'm the one, when you talk about frustration, I'm the one who got myself into no. a lot of school bit. I have, no. I'm the reason why, I'm sorry, Dr. Lisa. Dr. Mona Lisa, I'm the one why we aren't married because I'm protecting him from financial liability. Can, can I tell I you? So you say that, it. you say that, that's very lovely, that nobody would ever get married. <laughs> True. No, see how yeah. you, you are so codependent. You carry <laughs> someone who's dependent and you make a lot of excuses. You blame everything for yourself. You take all the responsibility. What person doesn't have debt? One partner always has more debt. They either have student loans, they have credit cards, or something. And the other one always has a better job. Once they say, I do, if we're in a church or somewhere else, I always look and I say, half equity. And they assume mm -hmm. the debt. That's the way it is. When you get married, you get married in a bed, a bank, and a justice of the peace. And that kid is right. Mm -hmm. The kid is frustrated and saying, Mommy, change something. 
I got to go to the next caller, but I want you to know you got to get a kick-ass, badass, tough-ass partner and say, enough already. You have to Thank get you. off the dime. I'm serious. I love you. You're wonderful, but this has got to change, and your headaches will get better. Good luck. We will go Thank you to, so much. Not a problem. We will go to line four. Shannon, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Oh, hello? Yes. I'm, uh, how, how can I be of help? Hi. Um, I'm also a nurse, and I have um, been working in a field that I felt like I was kind of born to work in. But over the last 10 years or so, it's been taking a toll on my body so that it makes me wonder if... Okay. It's very simple. You're in the Machiavelli. I know. Isn't it funny? I, I sit there. And I'm walking around my neighborhood and I'm listening to a Machiavelli tape like it's a, it's a um, visualization tape. And they, they, they say the phrases, um, better to be feared, not loved. <laughs> so you're going, am I programming, programming my brain to be Machiavelli? I'm trying to learn how other people think in work environments that make us sick. You have one that is better with aging. And that is, whoever desires constant success must change his conduct with the times. And what that is, is that's actually a healthy Machiavelli. People think Machiavelli is just an evil person, but some of his stuff was smart. Whoever desires constant success, and that means health success, must change his conduct or what you do for a living with the times. I've always maintained that the universe will take out a body part to make you depart body part to make you develop another area so you learned an incredible skill you did well you did well you did better better best and then the universe will take out a knee or take out a lower back or something and force you to use another part of you do you understand yes and the good thing it could be the same thing with law it could be with nursing it could be true with absolutely anything. And when I look at you, you're very strong. And it's true. What you do daily for work is no longer using your gifts, talents, and skills you used to, but no longer. So Machiavelli is correct. It's the anti-aging. It's not just the problem you have, but to age, we need to change, grow, challenge ourselves, fail a little bit, then succeed, grow, change, and in fact, dementia is not a loss of memory per se, as it is the inability to learn new things. And for me, I saw that your current environment, in a very subtle way, is not giving you as much emotional, physical, and financial support as it used to. You're doing more with less, which isn't a secret. You don't have to be intuitive with that. However, part of it is dying. I can't figure out if part of the environment is dying, part of the building is dying. I can't figure out what it is. That and removal of resources is making a part of your body not work. I look at your head. Hold on one second. Eyes, ears. How old are you? 61, almost 62. I see something different about your eyes. I can't figure out if you, something got in them, there was a blow. 
I see increased susceptibility of having problems with the lenses in your eyes. I can't figure out if it's more difficult for you to see at night or what that is. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I see a narrowing of the discs at C4, 5, and 6. I see that you may have lost the curve in your neck. I look at your heart. Your thyroid isn't the issue, even though you probably have problems with it. I look at your heart. Your heart does this funny thing with its rhythm. I can't figure out if it changes the, changes its beat, adds a beat. I look at your left lung, right lung. Someone near you used to smoke. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see something different with your lower back, a change in reflexes in your left leg. I can't figure out if you have osteoarthritis or something, a change in flexibility in your lower back discs at L4, L5, S1. I see fatigue, dragginess, achiness in the morning in your shoulders, your left greater than your right, and your wrists. Can you please tell me your health concerns? I do have migraines. I have Hashimoto's. I have on my left shoulder some um, post-shingles neuralgia. Oh, that's more important than the other things. When did you get the the shingles in your left shoulder? Um, that well, I first had shingles um, probably back in 2010 after a severe sunburn. Okay, and you still get pain there. Anything well, else? it's it's the it's that kind of numbness that goes with the neuralgia. Anything else? That is all I'm remembering right now. Okay, let me ask you a question. Are your headaches worse now than they used to be? Well, one other thing is severe depression. Are your headaches worse now than they used to be? Actually, as of just lately, they've been a little bit better. Okay. Depression. Yes, but also I lost my mother not long ago and a good friend. Your problem is seventh center purpose in life. Why am I here? I'm more concerned about your immune system and the shingles. Over time, your problem is purpose in life. Why am I here? Whether it's your mother or your loved ones, you have to strongly focus your mind on something that gives you reward. And that would be growing your mind with a career. You take nursing and you add on top of it another skill that helps you connect with other people. You may end up having to retire a nursing credential so it doesn't look like you're breaking that credential and those rules. Whether you want to do coaching or some other kind of connecting with other people, it may be very important, but you don't want to use your body. You want to use your soul, your mind, and your heart. You don't want to give up working but you want to have an avocation and a calling. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do, and I just can't figure out what don't, direction. No, don't, no, 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 you don't. That's like being losing loved ones. Is like being thrown, hit by a car or something, thrown in the middle of an intersection like the first lady we did a reading on. Right. You, when the light changes, you don't get a chance to figure out what direction you want to go to. You uh -huh. get up and you move in any direction. You pick something, anything. 
we're in the middle of COVID now. There are online programs for transpersonal psychology or holistic psychology. Take one of them and learn. Do you understand? It's like musical chairs. Once the musical the music starts again, you have to pick a chair. Pick a chair. Do you understand? I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Don't wait for something that's, quote, just right. You will never choose it. And besides decision, depression gives us decision paralysis. You'll look for something that's just right. It's a mirage. It's like keeping walking into the desert, thinking there's water just over the horizon. There's not. Do you understand? It's the act of picking and doing. It's not the content that matters. It's the act of immersing yourself in something you have to study and love for the rest of your life. It's not necessarily the content. Do you get it? I'm listening. You're going to not just listen. You're going to listen to me. I'm serious. In 2005, I got breast cancer. And I just saw a book at random on someone's coffee table. I looked at it and I didn't understand the footnotes. I went home and I understood they were Torah. I knew nothing about Torah. So I returned the book after clipping it from her book. And I said, I want to study the Torah, the Talmud, and the Zohar in Hebrew. I'm dyslexic. That would be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. She said, don't be an insult to the Jews. It takes a lifetime of being a Talmudic scholar. I said, precisely. I want to live a whole nother lifetime. You are 60. You've watched two people die in your family. Your career feels dead to you. You've got to pick something, anything, and put life into it. Good luck. It will be thank your you. new work and avocation. I want to thank you for welcoming you into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.